This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 466 with Michaela Irvin. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 466. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Michaela Irvin is a brand activation strategist specializing in personal brand development and authentic relationship marketing strategies. As a visionary leader with a knack for bringing ideas to life, her calling is to help you create the business of your dreams without sacrificing your life to the hustle. As a retired photographer turned business coach, workshop leader, community builder, and entrepreneur extraordinaire, Michaela's best days are spent in the sunshine with her two blonde-headed boys and handsome husband before getting down to business and guiding women like you into greatness. I loved this conversation with Michaela. We totally hit it off. And what I really want to point out for those of you that are like, but I don't have a business and I don't have a brand. I don't care if you have a business or not. You do have a brand. <laughs> like We live in a world where everyone has a brand right now. So we are going to talk about that in this episode right now, especially in the context of 2020 COVID, a cultural revolution, all the things you are building a brand, whether you are choosing to be proactive about that and intentional and conscientious or even conscious of it, or if it's just kind of happening accidentally and unconsciously, you're building a brand. And I want you to be thoughtful around how does your brand come across? How does your brand support your values? How does your brand show what you stand for? How does your brand support who you are becoming? How is your brand building your legacy? All these things are really, really important. And I think endlessly fascinating as we consider identity, as we consider the world we're living in right now, and as we consider how we're showing up as leaders, we are all leaders. I say this all the time. So whether or not you own a business and actually are actively building a business brand, you are building a brand as a leader in your household, in your community, in your workplace, all the things. So this is a great, great conversation. And Michaela was so generous and in allowing me to kind of expand this conversation into exact current day context, which I think was really powerful and I hope really impactful for all of you listeners. So listen in to hear Michaela share what your brand really is. Yes, you do have one, even if you don't know it. And even if you don't have a business, She's also going to share how you are constantly building your brand for better or worse, especially right now. 
She'll talk about the misinterpretation of mom-owned businesses and how we paint ourselves into our own corners. She'll talk about the unlearning that she went through to shift her identity from mompreneur to strategist. She's going to share the when and the why around how you should listen inward versus Googling for answers. And she's going to share the one question to ask yourself when you're shifting your identity and your brand. This was a really great conversation. I'm so excited for you to listen in. I'm so excited to be connected to Michaela and her excellent and generous work. So with all that said, let's welcome Michaela Irvin to the Shameless Mom Academy. Michaela, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yes, this is going to be fun. So tell me a little bit about COVID life for you and motherhood and as all that relates to like what you do professionally. This is my now customary COVID check-in that every guest gets. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, we are really blessed. I feel like we are so blessed to be experiencing mostly the benefits of what some people are seeing with COVID and just like the slowing down and getting to have all of the 24 hours be ours in every day and just really getting to pick and choose where we put our energy. And so of course it comes with its challenges. I have two toddler boys, four and a half actually, and then my youngest will be three on Monday. (laughs) And so life is still very chaotic and we are trying to, you know, make sure that they're staying busy and entertained enough, but it has just been really great to reevaluate our priorities as family, I feel like, and just have lots of freedom in this time of a collective pause is what I've been hearing it called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me how your day-to-day has shifted. Were your kids in childcare or school, preschool or anything beforehand? And has that changed? Yeah. So actually, my husband and I equally like share, we're both primarily parents. Like he has his own gig and I have my business as well, but we have been able to shape our lives as, as parents and really, again, be very blessed to put our kids first in all aspects and just our family time first in all aspects. And so this has really afforded us the opportunity to go even deeper with that. So to pick and choose how our schedules are placed. Because for me, like speaking gigs and in-person networking events and things like that have been put on pause. And so getting back the time that I had from that and then my husband's in-person aspects of his gigs as well were paused. And so we were really able to get our kids. Well, first of all, they're out of Mother's Day out, like you mentioned. So they really only went to school twice a week. But having them home for that, for those hours, and then being able to really put a schedule into place was huge because we were a little bit fly by the seat of your pants type people before this. And a schedule has been so huge for us and for our kids. And we've been able to see how they thrive with knowing, you know, at 10 a.m. we go on a walk and, you know, at 11 we eat lunch and this is when quiet time is. And we've been able to really see because we were kind of anti-schedule for a while. So this is a new development. (laughs) Yeah, there's some value in having that (laughs) that scheduled time. So... We've actually, we've had kind of an evolution to our schedule, which has gone from being like super flexible to not flexible at all to a little bit more flexible. And yeah, I think it's like a lot of it is figuring out like what works for all of you and what works for the moving pieces Uh, need to be in place in your household. And so for us, it's, you know, it's two parents who work full time and uh, figuring that out. And then a seven-year-old who's doing virtual learning and not loving it so much. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But I mean, we've definitely figured some things out over the last few months, you know, and I think some of it has to do with, we thought this was going to be like a two week thing. And now here we are 12 weeks later. And so I think that to your point around putting the schedule in place, I think that sometimes the timeline necessitates the schedule piece. And I think when COVID was a two week event, we were like, oh, it's just like a snow day. And now it's like a totally different thing. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely I agree with that. Because yeah, there was a point where we were like, Oh, yeah, we're just gonna chill and wait this out. (laughs) Right. I was like, I'm just gonna buy a couple puzzles. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So the puzzles have long since been done. And I've bought many more. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We bought some extra coloring books for the boys and things. And those have been just like torn through basically. So it's so fascinating. Like what we originally thought versus what has actually happened. Absolutely. Expectation versus reality. That was a real thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So tell us about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah, absolutely. So again, going back to like the freedom piece. So I'm a brand activation strategist that is basically a fancy word for a business coach. I partner with women virtually for the most part to work on their business. So not a ton changed about what my workday looked like other than kind of adjusting it for my family. And so I didn't work at my office for, I am back here now, but I didn't work at my office for a little while. And that was super freeing again, like just getting to be really excited about spending more time with my family and, you know, not sending them off to school, but having those walks like we were talking about and stuff. So freedom has been huge in that regard, but also freedom with my business. And like we just hired a new employee this week. <laughs> She's taking a full load off of my plate. Nice. Yes. Hiring and growing in a pandemic. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So just having somebody take stuff off of my plate is huge and freeing. And again, it's just kind of, I feel like I'm just looking around bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in all these areas of my life. Like, great. Like what is next? Because a lot of expectations and obligations have been taken off of my plate in personal and business life. And it's super exciting to be like, okay, what gets to fill that spot now? And it gets to most of the time be more joyful stuff that I'm excited about, you know? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Yeah. And I think that this has forced us to prioritize in a different way that allows us to prioritize joy and allows us to prioritize. Like, I think that it's made us kind of as part of the pause, I think it's made us do a lot of analysis and self-evaluation, which is, I think, really powerful. Yeah, you have to, it, because you'll lose your sanity if you don't. Mm-hmm. The same for walls. You've got to have that joy. So absolutely. Super grateful. So I love your title. As Did you say branding activation specialist? Brand activation strategist. Close. <laughs> okay. Strategist is a much stronger word. I love it. Okay. So I love this title. I think it's sounds awesome. Like I want that person in my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great, sexy name. Um, So uh, before we talk a little bit more about branding, can you explain to our listeners what branding is? I will tell you, my husband's a graphic designer and he had his own business for years before we met. And he actually, after having his business for 17 years, went back to work corporate and in design and design leadership. But what he early on when we were dating and I was building up my business at the time, which was a personal, I was a personal trainer he would talk to me about brand and people would pay him a lot of money to help them so that he could help them define their brands as they were building their websites. And it was literally the most expensive service he charged for. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. And I was like, people are paying you $5,000 to talk about like what color and font they should use and like what picture feels a certain, I was like, this is so dumb. And now I'm like, so all in. <laughs> I'm like, this makes such, it's, it matters so much. So explain to our listeners what branding is and how moms use branding online, specifically on social media. Even if you don't have your own business, like how is branding really infiltrating everything that we do now? Yeah, absolutely. So that's hilarious. And I love that you mentioned that because you were like, why are people paying oh. you so much money? <laughs> I was like, that's just stupid. <laughs> There's gotta be something else here. Yeah, absolutely. And so Yeah, as a brand activation strategist, so I really, I like to emphasize this, and this is not what people think, you know, they've got to be in conversation with me to even know this, but you, everybody already has a brand. And that's why I call myself a brand activation strategist, because what I do is I help women turn it on and really strategize it and create a system in which it's, you know, kind of calculated and like it makes sense what they're putting out there and they have that strategy and so brand simply is just your reputation whether you have a business or not it is what people think of when they think of you and just kind of the expectations that they have when they know they're going to be in your presence or in your business's presence their memories the stories relationships it's all of this stuff that will come together and form somebody's opinion of you, basically. And 
So everybody has one, like I said, whether you like it or not. And so I'm always just like, you may as well embrace it. Exactly. (laughs) You may as well make it work for you, right? So yeah, and the color psychology and the fonts and the visual aspect of it is so huge. But even before you get to that point, it really comes down to what your core values are and your mission and what you want to be helping people accomplish in the world and what you want to contribute to society. And on social media, with every interaction that you have, I was going to say every post, but even if you're not posting, even if you're somebody that just watches and engages, you know, you are contributing in some way. Your brand is how you contribute. And so having that foundation, and that's something that I work on with my clients who are building a business, but even as just a person you know, knowing what you stand for in a world where there's, or in a platform where there's so much noise and people standing for all different things, it's just crucial. And that's your brand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, as a business owner, there's a level of conscientiousness around this because I think we, most of us have had some training or information at some point where we know that like the things I put on my personal Facebook page potentially can interfere with the brand I am upholding with my business. And so we have a level of conscientiousness around that. I think what sometimes gets missed is that if we don't have a business or we have things really separate where we're like, oh, but my personal page is my personal page so that I can do what I want. But like my business page, I'm really paying close attention to and how I reflect my brand there. Where we can get into trouble is that we don't consider people's perspectives and how we are being perceived. Now, I want to say that like we shouldn't be doing everything to please other people or impress other people. Like we should be living our authentic lives as our authentic selves. Yes. But, and this is, we're in such a great time to be talking about this. If everything you put on social media is really negative, you know, like just random example that's very relevant, that everything you put on social media is super negative bashing the current administration, Mm. then that's what people will know of you and people are either attracted to that or repelled by that. And you might be fine with it either way, but you also might want to think about like, do I want to repel people to the point of like not even having a connection with them or being able to be in relationship with them because I'm just always screaming things into the internet. (laughs) Into the void. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because that's a very valid point, especially the piece that you said about we shouldn't be doing stuff just to please people. And and that is another thing that a lot of my clients have been actually bringing up just with all of the current events going on is, you know, what do I say? What if I say this and it isolates some type of person? And I'm like, yeah, it comes down to what you're okay with. And how you want to be perceived by people and the message that you want to put out there. It doesn't, you're going to tick somebody off no matter what you say or do or don't say or don't do. (laughs) And so have just you setting the standards and you, you know, living those out is what's so, so important. But back to what you were kind of asking, or at least I think this is what you were asking is You know, I tell people all the time that are like, you know, I want to do what I want on my personal page. I just want to, you know, keep it all on business and do what I want on my personal page. You can't separate business and personal in people's mind, what they're going to associate you with in all spaces. And they know, you know, you can't put a disclaimer on your personal page that says, you know, like I've clocked out and (laughs) like, please don't, you know, make this a reflection of my business. They went right. I'm no longer a a positive leader anymore because (laughs) yeah, I just want to do what I want here. It would be really nice if you could, right? But unfortunately, you know, how you are is how you are everywhere. And people are just able to find you and connect with you in so many places. And you just, you've got to know what you stand for and be authentic in that. And I think that's so important. And I'm glad that you brought that up too, is be your authentic self, but be okay with it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'll say after the 2016 election, and I'm laughing that I gave the example of people who just scream political stuff that they're upset about all the time on social media, because that's exactly what I did after the 2016 election. (laughs) And again, and I was kind of in this mindset of like, I've always had some conscientiousness around like the crossover between my personal and professional social media presence. But 
I was also just so upset and distraught. And so I was like using that place to just reshare and post and comment and have it be really hyper-focused. And what I realized over time is that that actually erodes trust in my leadership. So it's one thing to have an opinion and to share an opinion and to take a stance on social media, which I consistently do. And I'm super vocal about my opinion. But I also think that there's an erosion of trust if you are constantly showing up in a critical way that's not being of service in a certain way. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And that doesn't mean that everyone needs to be of service to others, especially on their personal Facebook page or their personal Instagram account. But I think being aware of like, how are you contributing to the greater good is just always a good question to ask. And that might be through a really critical analysis of something, but that's different than constant screaming around something. Absolutely. And, you know, just in light of recent tragic events that have happened. This came up again in my client group yesterday is, you know, should I be saying something? And I always go back to, first of all, what is the intention behind it? You know, because if it's just to make yourself feel better or to check off a box of like, oh, I posted about this. So it looks like I'm, you know, an ally or whatever. Yeah. And can we, I want to like give people context because I'm assuming you're talking about 
George Floyd and like everything. So we're talking about like Black Lives Matter. We're talking about really big, heavy, important topics. Yeah, just like human rights. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, this is like a really, really big deal. And I think it's such a perfect example right now. So I'll let you go ahead and continue. But I wanted to get that piece in there. No, yes, absolutely. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I wasn't being insensitive or anything like that. You're totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) And it is hard. And I empathize with that because it is very hard to say, you know, how do I do this in the right way? And I think that there is, there's no right way to grieve these types of situations. And there's no like real right way. It's going to hit people different ways because emotions are flying and things like that. But I think it's your job as a leader to, again, like you said, know what you're trying to do with the information that you're sharing or what, how you want this, everything that you put out there should be making the world better in some way, shape or form should be, whether it's just uplifting somebody, you know, or sharing love, that sort of thing. It doesn't have to be like, this is the post that's going to end world peace. I mean, or that's going to bring world peace, (laughs) (laughs) but that's going to bring world peace, but just being intentional. And I think that's what it is. It's just knowing in your heart what your intention is behind it. And yeah, so I also think there's and this is something this like constant gripe I have with leadership, because I see leaders, especially leaders of women not taking stands on things. And I think it's dangerous and irresponsible. And I recently did a whole episode on this. But I think it's important that we take a stand. And then I think when you see at least for me, when I see a leader take a stand for the first time on something on social media, I'm assuming that they're doing that feeling a level of risk around it. And I consistently reach out to them and like drop a DM and like, thank you for speaking on this. This is what leaders need to be saying, or this is not what they need to be saying, but this is what real leadership looks like. And this is what leaders need to be doing. Like, regardless of your stance one way or the other, like be a leader and show up as a leader, even when it's really hard and really uncomfortable. And even when you feel like you might lose a few people, because I think there's some value in showing what real leadership looks like. And real leadership is not showing up and being super polished and positive when devastating things are happening around you. And that's just being tone deaf and ignorant. And people see that, like people see it either way. So either way, you're building the brand. You're building the brand by not saying anything, or you're building the brand by putting yourself out there in a you know potentially compromising position and saying something. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that that's so awesome that you do that and that you reach out to people because like you said, you have no idea what sort of fears went through somebody's mind or what they're afraid of doing to their reputation and things like that before they post something big like that. I mean, I've just seen it through my own back and forth of what do I say or what do I do? And so I think that that's just so valuable to see and appreciate that, whether they're saying everything right or not. But it's so important just to recognize that you're not going to say everything right. Right. As a leader, <laughs> you're not. And it's okay. And it's important to take ownership of that and to know, you know, if you mess up to call it out, or if you, you know, say something the wrong way, or if you feel like you need to go further and explain, like, don't shy away from conversation in what you're putting out there too. Uh, Because that's another question that was raised yesterday in my group was just, what if somebody doesn't understand me? Okay, let them, let them comment and, you know, give you a little bit of banter so that you can go further and open up the conversation. Because I think it is more dangerous for us to stay quiet and be afraid of being taken the wrong way than just to imperfectly say something and open up the conversation for more and more people to contribute. I mean, it just comes down to it's more than just about you, right? You know, it's not about you. It's about the situation. So yeah. And I think that becomes part of your brand then when you, and I can use myself as an example, because I say pretty weighted statements and that can be really polarizing for people on social media, on the podcast, like people know where I stand. Like they, right. everyone already knows who I'm voting for in the next election. Like it's not, I'm not secretive about these things. But the other piece of that is that I also, I've put my foot in my mouth before. I've made mistakes. I've said something in a way that was, you know, insulting or offensive to someone. 
And I've gone back to say, oh my gosh, I said this and I can see now and I've learned that that came across this certain way to a certain person or a group of people. And holy cow, like I appreciate you taking the time to share with me that I caused harm and here's how I'm going to do better. And I want to be someone who's always learning. And when you lead in that way and you own that all publicly, yes, it's ridiculously uncomfortable and awful. And it becomes part of your brand that you are someone who is going to own your mistakes and that you're someone who's going to be in conversation with people who are not like you and people that are different than you and people that believe different things and that you are constantly working on, again, working toward this idea of serving the greater good, that you're willing to have the uncomfortable conversations and you're willing to make mistakes because that's part of leadership. And I think that having that as part of your brand is so powerful and actually helps you build a platform and opens up opportunities because you are incorporating mistakes and imperfection just right into your brand. (laughs) Right. And it goes more towards falling in line with value and just bringing value to the world, whether it's pretty or messy instead of perfection. We don't need any more perfection. No, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. So can you talk about why building brand authority on social media can be a challenge for moms in particular? Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's just because we're simply moms. And I'm going to speak for myself and my experience because I know it's not going to be the same for everybody. But I personally struggled with feeling like I became completely irrelevant the second my first son was born. And everything from that moment on was about my kids. And I love them so much. And of course, like so much of my life is about them. And I think the fact that I feel the need to even give that disclaimer speaks a lot to how moms are conditioned, you know, in that we have to choose either ourselves or our kids, which is so not true. But it was just like, I want to see more photos of the kids. And if you go back on my Facebook, you can see, you know, I mean, don't go back too far because you'll see college. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're young enough to be on college. I mean, I'm lucky I'm old. So there's no like college drinking games in my my social media. We did a lot of cleanup, but you know, you never know what you may find. But if you go back, you'll see, you know, it was just my kids. (laughs) That was all there was, was just pictures, especially of my firstborn. And, you know, whenever I first became a business owner, it was like, oh, I'm doing this for my kids. This is my side hustle for my kids. And even in my product photos, my kids were in there. (laughs) It's crazy. And then when I became a business coach, it was like, oh, I work with mompreneurs and I'm a mompreneur. And I just finally got so tired of the comments. I think that it it was just little by little, you know, somebody saying like, oh, you're so cute with your side hustle or, oh, I love that you have something that's yours. And I was like, whoa, this is not- so degrading. Yes. It was just like a little pat on the head every time. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I'm doing this to retire my husband. I'm doing this so that we can have a better life than we would have, you know, had with what we were building pre-business. And that was just my own thing. And I was tired of it being misinterpreted by by people. And I stopped getting mad at them and started getting really clear on why they were seeing it that way. And they were seeing it that way because I was painting it that way. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> it's that like old illustration where it's like when you're pointing at others, there's, you know, three other fingers or I don't know, is that thumb count as a finger? There's three other chairs pointing back at you. And so that was kind of my realization. And what I've seen as a common thread to most moms is like, you know, everybody expects me to be posting about my kids and I don't want to be, you know, networking with a bunch of strangers on social media or having my profile in public and then getting access to my children and And there's so many different ways and so many different boundaries that you can put it on your social media. It doesn't have to be, you know, black or white, but it just comes down to the fact that that is your profile. (laughs) It's not theirs, you know, and if family wants to see kids or friends want to see kids, then there's other avenues, but that it's okay to have a social media and to have a business if business is your thing that doesn't speak of your kids if you don't want it to, if that doesn't fit your brand. And 
there was just one day where I decided I'm not doing mompreneur because it didn't speak to me. And it doesn't mean that that's right or wrong, but that was what it felt like for me. And so I think that a lot of moms struggle to go back to your question because they feel like they have to be pleasing all of these people and they have to make their social media align for, you know, great aunts that live states away and can't see the children and, you know, that they have to also have it perfectly aligned for their ideal client. And then they have to make sure that they're not being too controversial because they've got family that are super conservative. I don't know. <laughs> you know. And so there's all these different expectations when it's just like, what do you want your brand to be? Oh my gosh, there's so many things I love about this. And one, the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about pleasing your great aunt, my mom, a few years ago, I took a really cute picture of my son holding a mug that had some profanity on it, which was hilarious and on brand for me. And my mom (laughs) texted me and she's like, I'm really disappointed with your choice of photos this morning. And I knew when I posted, I was like, I know this text is coming. And so I was prepared. I was like, thanks for the feedback. It wasn't intended to please everyone. (laughs) And I love and adore my mom, but like my presence on social media, the last person I'm created a social media presence is for my mom. Like, of course, I love her to see my pictures of my son and my family and whatever we're doing. But also I text her pictures all the time. And like, there's other means for her to get that information. So yeah, it is for me, social media is more about my brand. The other thing I want to say is that I have was thinking this through the other day around my son is seven and a half. And on a very increasingly disinterested in having his picture taken and (laughs) like being a part of my business basically. Right. (laughs) And I was having this thought around like, so what is the shameless mom Academy without Vinny? I was like, it's still 100% the shameless mom. (laughs) And, but there was this like split second of like, Oh wait, am I going to have to like retire this because my seven year old doesn't want to be in the pictures anymore? (laughs) No, like that's not what it's for. It's to be of service to other moms. I can do that very effectively without posting photos of my child. And there's some things that he's fine with. And there's some things that, you know, that still are relevant and make sense in terms of what we share with our family. But there's going to, I just can tell that there increasingly is going to be a lot of stuff that doesn't get shared or the photos that are stories that don't get shared. And that's all completely fine. That doesn't like the podcast is not called like Vinny story hour, you know? <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so perfect because it's about identifying. Like I said, it doesn't have to be black or white. It doesn't have to be either you share your kids or you don't. But it's about what parts do you want to share and what parts do you want to keep to yourself? Because in this world where everything is everybody's business, all of a sudden, I think it's so special just to have some stuff that just stays between you and stays under your roof. And so, yeah, that's awesome. I will say, do you identify as an introvert or an extrovert? Somebody told me the other day I was an ambivert. Oh, okay. So I have a friend who's like a specialist on the Myers-Briggs stuff. And she says that that's not actually a thing. Okay. (laughs) But you're probably, there's a lot of extroverts. I'm more introvert. You're more introvert? Okay. Yeah. Like I need my time. I'm good to be out in the socializing and stuff, but only like there's a timer that goes off. Yeah. I have that a little bit too, but I'm definitely extrovert. And the reason I ask is because the way extroverts experience the world is that when something happens, we want to like shout it from the rooftops, even if it's just like that we got some chocolate ice cream, like we're just super excited to share and express all the time. And so this is the challenge for me that like when my child does something funny, which by my guidelines can be really funny, but actually would be something that he might be embarrassed by if he were to see it on social media in 10 years. I want to go share it with the world and be like, oh my gosh, you all will never guess what just happened. This is hilarious. What a great story. And I'm having to so increasingly be aware of like, wait a minute, like, what's the purpose? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To your point, what's the intention here? Like, is this just me being an extrovert and wanting to get a good laugh and like have a funny conversation on social media? Because that's what extroverts want to do. That kind of feeds us and it feeds our ego a little bit. Or do I need to like push pause for a second and be like, wait a minute (laughs) to your around what you just said? Like, this is just going to be a funny private moment. Absolutely. Yes. So and kids are just so good for laughs man, they really are. They are. Yes. It's so good. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly 
Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep (laughs) as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toes all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Can you talk a little bit about your experience in transitioning your approach on social media from life and family center to strategic and brand focus? Was that something that you kind of just like immediately shifted or was it over time as you evolved in motherhood? And I think this happens a lot, like as you evolve in motherhood, then your business evolved as well. Yeah, I think my transition was really slow because there was a lot of unlearning that had to happen. You know, it went from that moment where I woke up and I was like, I do not want to feel like I have to identify as a mompreneur to do what I do. It literally, I could help somebody if they weren't a mom, (laughs) you know? And so, but then it became like, oh man, I was face to face with how much I had branded myself in that way. And So it started off kind of as me deciding, okay, well, if I'm not mompreneur Michaela, then what am I? So it was more of a secretive, okay, let's go inwards. Let's look and see what I actually want to be because I knew I don't like starting over. (laughs) I don't like a feeling (laughs) of starting over. (laughs) I hear (laughs) you. I better do this right. So it was a little bit of my perfectionism coming out, but I think that there's value there and just saying, okay, well, you do need to have a plan and at least have some clarity, if not a plan in what you need and so, or what you want to put out there. And so I just did some reflection reflection for a time. And that time probably looked like about a month. And so slowly, you know, I probably stopped using the word mompreneur altogether, but slowly I stopped, you know, taking so many photos of my kids and using photos of my kids as, you know, content photos and things like that. And then it forced me into the spotlight (laughs) because if I'm not taking pictures of my kids, maybe I'm taking a few pictures of like my notebook and a flat lay, but that only will work for so long. Like people want to see me. And so it forced me who before I was a coach was a photographer. (laughs) So I found lots of comfort behind the camera to step in the spotlight and start to really find myself and know who I am outside of being a mother you know? And so it was just a lot of little baby steps and it was a gradual, you know, removing of, it sounds awful, but it's not because I feel like I cherish them even more now that they're not the focal point of my brand, but like a removing of the kids from social media 
and putting me more into the spotlight and my brand, it just happens slowly. But every once in a while, I get a comment from a great aunt states away that says, <laughs> oh, I never see them anymore. I just see you and you're beautiful, but I miss those kiddos. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that really, I did take them out, didn't I? <laughs> it's like, a, yeah, I really did. So it was very slow. But now looking back, it's been a complete transformation. Oh, my gosh, I love this. First of all, you use the word unlearning. And I think just in motherhood and as women, we are constantly having to unlearn because there's so many expectations around womanhood and motherhood. And if we can give ourselves permission to unlearn all of the conditioning that we have been through, which is a lifetime of conditioning by the time we're like, you know, 13 as a girl, yeah. <laughs> and by the time we're like 22 as a woman, and by the time we're whatever age we have our kids, like there's just so much conditioning. It's so bothersome. So there's a ton of unlearning. And I think whenever we're in one identity, we have to unlearn and shed these layers to root ourselves in the new identity. And so I 100% relate to being in the space of mompreneur and then moving into the space of strategist and the unlearning that would have to go with that. Because when you've built yourself into this identity as mompreneur and someone who leads mompreneurs, there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. And there's a lot of preconceived notions that go with that. And to step from that to the role of strategist, there's also preconceived notions that come with strategy. And so it's like this total, like you said, rebuilding, but it's a total shift. And with that shift gives us so much power. And I know this is something that I've when I first started the podcast, we actually still have friends that call my podcast a mom blog. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've given up trying to correct them. I'm like, these are like middle, you know, men in their fifties. And I'm like, fine, whatever, like call it, whatever you're going to call it. You're not, I'm, you're not my target audience. So I don't even care. But yeah, I think that like I had to get really conscientious around having a mom podcast and being clear around like, who am I serving and how am I serving them and why am I serving them and how am I showing up as a leader? Because when I first started the show, it was really like, I just want to talk about motherhood in ways that light me up. And it wasn't about being a leader. It was just a like safe place to share funny stories. And that shifted hugely over time as I was able to look at how did I really want to utilize a platform that was creating such an amazing and intimate opportunity for connection. And I had to step away from like, this isn't just a place where I tell funny stories or talk about my personal life. This is a place where I really give impactful teaching and coaching that can create change and create space for more women to become leaders. There's a huge difference between those two things, but having clarity around that has also opened up a ton of doors and opportunity for me. And so like no problem for anyone who wants to be in the space of, you know, being branded a certain, you know, as a mompreneur or someone who has a mom podcast that speaks to like their experiences and stories in motherhood exclusively. But also I knew for me that I wanted to take things to another level or in a different direction that allowed me to shine in my truest gifts. And I think that sometimes we get a little scared to shine in our truest gifts and we hold ourselves back into these identities that we've been conditioned to versus the unlearning of them and stepping into being strategists and leaders and CEOs and those kinds of things. Absolutely. And I think it's uncomfortable because there are so many people around us who have not unlearned anything. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, again, goes back to the people pleasing and, you know, what will they think if I step into something that doesn't have the word mom in front of it or that does have mom in front of it, but doesn't look how they think mom things should look like you talked about with that photo. And I think that there's so much bravery in just being a mom in general, but choosing where you want to fall on the mom scale is there's, I think it's just amazing. It takes all of us, you know, it, it does. So if someone wanted to transition their brand and themselves, where does one start? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, start with you and try don't Google. God, don't Google <laughs> because you'll get all of this mixed information. And really, you know, you already know what you want your brand to look like. You've just got to identify it and really come face to face with it. So I would say take some time, do whatever you need to do that gets you in a space of clarity and like the right headspace to 
you know, if journaling is your thing or if sending yourself voice notes or just processing, however you need to process this. For me, it's like a bath with the lights off and a candle, you know, very cliche, but <laughs> it works. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but get in that right headspace and just ask yourself, what do I want to be known for? Because we all have these dreams of, you know, like this is our best version of ourself or whatever you want to call it. You know, the personal development world calls it best version of yourself. But what do you want people to think of when they think of you? What's your mission, you know, and just go to town brain dumping about that. It doesn't have to look any certain way. Just get it all out of your head and then go back through and start to take inventory of these ideas and these things and get really, really clear on what your true values are and, you know, why each one of these things comes up. Because when you do that initial brain dump, your conditioning is probably going to come out and you're going to think of, you know, what your mom said you should do or what you think your husband or your partner wants from you or, you know, who you think your kids need. And so make sure that you go back through each thing and you're like, is this what I want? Because as cliche as it sounds, nobody around you is going to be happy if you're not, or if you're pretending, you know, to be something that you're not. So, and then after you've identified who you want to be, decide on, you know, who you want to impact with this message, because as human beings, we do what we do for the good of other people. I choose to believe that everybody wants to be good on some level, even if we don't show it. And so, you know, you want to be good for somebody. So create an avatar for your mission. With my clients, I tell them, you know, create a client avatar for your business. Who do you want to serve with your business? But it doesn't have to be just, you know, business. What other mom do you want to help out? Or, you know, maybe it's a girl that was a version of you. Maybe it's a guy that reminds you of your sons. Like, who do you want to help out with your mission, your brand, your presence? And just get really clear on those things. And that's where I would say start. And then just put one foot in front of the other. Don't overthink it. Make sure that, you know, the content or the way that you show up online, again, even if you're not posting, just the way that you are is in service to that mission and that person. And I swear you'll be so much happier. Yes. I want to touch on, you said you talked about listening inward versus Googling. (laughs) And I think this is so important. And I think that this is something we really struggle with. We look for external validation and external ideas because we don't have self-trust and we don't trust that we have the answers that we need inside. And we don't go to those quiet places. We don't go to the bathtub in the dark with the candle to really, really listen inward. And I think that that is a process. It's not one bath. (laughs) It is a process. And I think when we give ourselves a level of conscientiousness around like, I'm going to start listening. And maybe that's through a series of baths and walks and drives and workouts and journaling and like all these things. And you even said like, for you, this wasn't an overnight thing. It was this transition over time then you start to see signs over time for sure. And you're like, oh, that's the thing I've been looking for. Or someone will say something. This happens to me all the time when I'm listening to podcasts. I'll even turn on a podcast and be like, I don't even know if this is what I want to listen to. And then something will be said and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's like the thing. That's the thing I've been trying to figure out for like three weeks that I like the one word I've been looking for related to like something about myself or something about that I'm trying to figure out or discover. And so it's just getting thoughtful around and building trust around our ability to listen in and trusting that we're going to get the signs that we need when we need them if we're looking for them. And so we do get these messages and it's not like Googling, like what should my core values be? It's really like interacting in your world in a way that your core values just fall right in your lap and they become really clear and obvious to you. And that sounds probably silly and overly simplified, but if you start to listen, these things do come to you. They do show up in fascinating ways. And I will tell you as someone who has always struggled with listening inward, I have had to force myself to really trust that what I need is going to come to me. And it does. And I know how to get there now. Like I know that it involves going for walks or going for runs or getting quiet by myself. And I know that it involves giving myself way more time than I really want. Like I'm an impatient person and I'm a high achiever and it involves giving myself a lot more time than I really want to, to figure things out. Like I do want to just go to Google and find a list of seven steps. And instead I'm like, no, instead I'm going to like listen for a month, like, which sounds awful, but it's also (laughs) how I get to the right place. 
Yeah, because we're like, we want to be efficient. Yes. Please, Google, give me a list. One month sounds terribly inefficient. But in if you, like, hindsight is twenty twenty, and knowing what I know now, I know that, you know, endless Googling is really the inefficient thing because it just yes. more confusion. <laughs> and your inner voice is like, hello, I want to just tell it to you if you'd shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So why do you recommend that people start by building brand authority through social media? There's a lot of ways to market your business and market whatever, market yourself for that matter. But why do you recommend starting with social media? So many reasons, but really what it comes down to is social media is so accessible. I mean, you could have it in a snap if you don't have it already, which is weird. I'm just kidding. Oh, it's either we or it's or brilliant. It's weird or brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Probably brilliant. <laughs> but you can get it in a second. And everybody else, most other people have it. And so it just affords you so many opportunities to connect with people and it's free. It hardly takes any setup time, really. And it gives you all of this space to test things and to try things out. And, you know, we're so inundated with content that if you mess up, people are going to forget about it in <laughs> five seconds. Anyways, so it just, it affords you so much grace and like room to move and to try new things when you're in this stage of, of establishing your brand. And so, I mean, it doesn't mean to be reckless, but it gives you some space to really just try things out. And so, and it's very intuitive. So I think that social media is just, that's where you should start, you know, if it fits with you. I like that. And I think it's a lot different of a commitment than like launching a podcast, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> so or launching a blog or writing the book or whatever. Yeah, it's like, it does get, allow you to kind of start and feel things out a little bit. And especially as you're going through that process of listening and taking things in and all of that. So I love it. Can you tell us, Michaela, how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom? Yeah, I think that just a little bit of what we were talking about at the end, which is listening to my core values and listening to my inner voice and speaking my truth, regardless of what other people are going to think, like just continually reminding myself that somebody will disagree, no matter if I'm pleasing my own core values and my own inner guide, or trying to please theirs. And so I may as well just try to do what's best for me <laughs> and trust that that's good for my family as well, rather than pleasing somebody and ending up ticking somebody off anyway. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Being really true to myself is the name of the game right now. This has been amazing, Michaela. I so appreciate you being here. And this has also been a lot of fun. And I've learned some things and I know our listeners have learned some things. Can you tell people if they want to continue this conversation, if they want to see all the things that you're about and have the opportunity to see the ways that you serve your people, where they can find you, where they can connect with you? Yeah, of course. I am super active on Instagram. My handle is just at Mrs. MRS, Michaela Irvin. And I'm also friendable on Facebook. Personal page, please. I would love for you to be my friend. And then, of course, just MichaelaIrvin.com. Nice. Thank you. Okay. I actually, this is like bonus question. Oh, good. <laughs> on my personal page, I do you friend everyone who asks you for a friend request? I mean, as long as they don't look like they're scary and awful. Yeah, pretty much. So we actually have a process with my assistant. But you know, just a little bonus tip for moms that if you want to explore this and are a little nervous with the kids and stuff like that, I have a personal filter and it's a friends list that's just family and friends that I know in person. And so if I do want to share a cute picture of my kids that's not related to my brand or anything like that, I can post it and change the privacy settings to just that filter. I like that. I like that. I have like probably over a hundred friend requests right now that I'm like, oh, I need to research all these people before I, fr and I have a public <laughs> profile and I'm like, if I have a public profile, why am I not just adding them all? <laughs> so that's why I asked. I'm like this, I know I'm just getting in my own way. And then I'm like, oh, there's too many. I don't have time to look at that today. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, that would stress me out. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know like what, it's not that I don't want to be friends with people, but I'm like, I feel like I should have some discernment around it. You got to be vigilant. I know. I know. It's so funny. I also block people every day too, because I also, <laughs> I do get creepy requests every single day. Yes. I'm telling you, we have a system with my assistant. They know who gets a yes, who gets a no, and who gets a block. 
<laughs> nice. Nice. I like it. Oh, Michaela, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time. I really appreciate you and appreciate your work. Thank you. You as well. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking